Our lesson tonight, we'll be looking at our first of two lessons from the book of Haggai. And Haggai, if you're familiar with it, all deals, uh, especially in, in chapter one, with uh, the situation where the temple has been left in ruins while uh, the people of God uh, seems to basically have for, forgotten God. And what we find in this, in this situation, in Haggai chapter 1, uh, are individuals who are going to be rebuked by God because of their in, in lack of ability or lack of desire, I should say, to want to do that which is right for God. And when we look in Haggai chapter 1, we really find as well, uh, we find several things. And one of them that we find is the idea that God was really second to them in chapter 1. Uh, he was not a priority to them at that time. And so we find in chapter 1, God is going to call them out for that. I want to begin tonight by asking just a few questions and for us to answer those things ourselves. Have you ever lost sight of what is important in life? Can you say that you have never put things before God? In the time of Haggai, we see people who did these things, and we can learn from them. Because we find people who did lose sight of what was important. We find people who did put things before God. And we also find how God charged them to respond uh, to those things. So we'll begin in Haggai chapter 1, looking first at uh, what I call a time for repentance in the first few verses here. And we begin really before we even look at repentance, we first look at the problem in the first few verses here in Haggai. So here in Haggai chapter 1, beginning here in verse 1, here the Bible says, In the second year of King Darius, in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet to, to Zerubbabel, the son of Shetel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, saying, Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, This people says the time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. And so they're saying that we don't need to rebuild the temple. We don't need to rebuild. It's not time to do that yet. And notice here, we find in verse 2, that the Lord is speaking. He's speaking through Haggai. And he is saying this people are, are the ones who are saying this. So they, they're saying the house the time for the house of the Lord to be built is not yet come. In verse 3, the word of the Lord came to Haggai, the prophet, saying, It is time for you, for you yourselves to dwell in your penal houses in this temple, or excuse me, is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your uh, penal houses in this temple to lie in ruins? And so they, they say in verse 2, it's not time to rebuild. And God responds by saying in verse 4, But you do say it's time for you to dwell in your houses why, while his house, his, the temple, lies in ruins. It, it's, we think about sometimes, and how would we feel if our house had been rebuilt, or maybe how would our neighbor feel if our house had been rebuilt, but their house had been left in shambles and refused to help them? Well, that wouldn't show very much love for them, would it? But here, it's not our neighbor we're talking about, it's God. And here, the idea of the temple being the Lord's house he says, for you yourselves dwell in your paneled houses in this temple to lie in ruins. You say it's time for that, but it's not time to rebuild the temple. And so that is the problem with the people. 
They were comfortable and they were, they seem, as we find here, to have forgotten about God. If you look at Numbers chapter 9, we find a similar problem in verse 13. Numbers 9 verse 13 says, With a man who is clean and is not on a journey, and ceases to keep the Passover, that same person shall be cut off from among his people. Because he did not bring the offering to the Lord at this point in time, that man shall bear his sin. We find here in verse 13, this individual did not do what, what should have been done. He says in verse 13, the man who is clean is not on a journey, which means he's not doing anything else. There's nothing that is keeping him from observing the Passover. He says, and ceases to keep the Passover. He says, that same person shall be cut off from among his people. Because he did not bring the offering of the Lord at his appointed time, that man shall bear his sin. And so getting comfortable or busy with other affairs is not an excuse for disobedience. And we find here in Haggai's time, that's what's happening. They were not rebuilding the temple. They were getting comfortable in their houses. They were, uh, as we're going to find later, also more worried about themselves and not being concerned about the temple of God. And that was going to come back upon them. We find also, as we continue reading in verse uh, in verses 5 and following of Haggai chapter 1, we find they struggle because of their sin. They have forgotten about God, but at the same time they're struggling. It doesn't seem to, to click in their mind that they have forgotten about God, and that's why they are struggling. If you look here with me uh, at verse 5, he says, Now therefore thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. And we find this said a few times here in Haggai chapter 1, that, that phrase, consider your ways. And something you know that we all have to do from time to time, uh, if not every day, maybe every day as well, to consider how we're living before God. He says to consider your ways, consider how you're living, consider your actions. Uh, God at this time was secondary while they were preoccupied with harvesting and just numerous other things, but they were not concerned about building the temple. And so he begins here by saying, consider your ways. In verse 6 and 7, we say they, they were in need because they did not put God first. He says, you have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. And we find there the idea that they have things, but it seems like it just doesn't work, right? He says, you have so much, but you bring in little. And why, is, why is that? Because they've forgotten about God. That's why. He says, you eat, but you do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, and no one is warm. You earn wages, uh, he, and he earns wages. He says, earns wages to put into a bag with holes. It means everything they have seems to be sip, uh, slipping through their hands. Have you ever gone to a beach and picked up a cup, you know, a cup of uh, a sand in your hand and you hold it there, and, and how it sips, you know, right through your fingers? That's the idea we have there. Their grain, their drink, their clothing, all that is just going away, and they're not actually having their needs met. They have all these things, but what happens? They bring in little. They don't have enough to eat, don't have enough to drink, don't have clothing. Isn't that interesting if you look at Matthew chapter 6, that God actually promises all those things to those who follow him and put him first. 
In Matthew 6 and verse 33, the Bible tells us, we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, so all these things shall be added to you. And those verses previous to that, he talks about food and clothing. And here, these individuals are not putting God first. And what do they not have? Food and clothing. Because they had forgotten God. And thus we see in verse 7, the Lord's, Lord says here, Consider your ways. They don't have enough to eat, don't have enough drink, don't have enough clothing. Consider your ways. The money is disappearing. Consider your ways. Look with me at verse 9. We'll come back to verse 8 in just a second. Look at verse 9. You look for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, it blew, I blew it away. You notice he says their eye blew it away, which means it is God who's causing them to suffer because they've forgotten about him. Why, says the Lord of hosts? Because of my because of my house that is in ruins, while every one of you runs to his own house. They're focused on self and they have just ignored God. Therefore, he says in verse 10, the heavens above you will, will withhold the dew, and the earth withhold its fruit. Verse 11, for I called for a drought on the land and, and, and the mountains, on the grain and on the new wine and the oil, on, on whatever the ground brings forth, on men and livestock and all the labor of your hands. Basically, I, I think about how God basically just took everything they had and just squeezed it dry. There's nothing left because they have left the temple in ruins. They had houses to dwell in while the temple was left in ruins. The people had homes, but God's house, the temple, was not yet rebuilt. They had the power and they had the ability to build the temple, but had not done so. If you look at Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 27, here the Bible says, Now withhold good from those to whom it is due, when it is in the power of your hand to do so. Doesn't it also apply for us doing good things for the Lord? And we have power to do something, we should be doing it. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due. Is it, is it due to God? Was it due for God to have his house rebuilt, to have the temple rebuilt? Yes. Was it within their power to do so? Yes. Did they do so? No, they did not. But we think about as we see them struggling with sin, we see the problem. We also find the solution back in Haggai chapter 1 and verse 8. Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. Well, how do they solve all those things? Do what God has commanded them to do. Rebuild the temple, right? Go up to the mountains and bring, bring wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified. That means also that at that time he wasn't being glorified, was he? You can't be glorified if you're being forgotten about. You can't be glorified if you're being overlooked because the people are worried about something else because they're not putting him first. He was not being glorified. And so he tells them to go up to the mountains and bring wood and to build the temple. We find in verse 12 of Haggai chapter 1, it was indeed a time to build we find as we look at Haggai chapter 1, looking at verse 12, that fear brought obedience. And there's nothing wrong with fear helping people do what is right. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltil, and Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, with all the remnants of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet, as the Lord their God had sent him. And the people feared the presence 
of the Lord. They obeyed God's word. The Bible says there they, they obeyed the voice of the Lord their God there in verse, verse 12 and the words of Haggai the prophet because he was speaking uh, for God, right? As the Lord their God had sent him and the people feared the presence of the Lord. They knew they were in the wrong and the last thing you want to do is be in the wrong with God. They feared the presence of the Lord. The people feared God because they were in sin and still needed to repent. The people knew the power of God. We think about Israel, who we're talking about here. They know the power of God. Have they seen it numerous times over the years? Yes. The people also knew they had no reason to delay building the temple. If you look at Ezra chapter 7, looking at verse 23, here we find that no one is delayed in obeying God. Nothing good comes from that. And in Ezra 7, verse 23, the Bible says, Whatever is commanded by the God of heaven, let it diligently be done for the house of the God of heaven. For why should there be wrath against the realm of the king and his sons? They're thinking about this idea, the idea there was very clearly, don't delay, why should we put it off? Because if you delay and don't do what is needed to be done, if you don't obey God, verse 23, what does he say? There should be wrath against the realm of the king and his sons. Right? But he says, why? Which means, why would we delay? Let's do it. Let's Whatever he's commanded, he says, whatever is commanded by the God of heaven, let it be done diligently, or let it diligently be done for the house of the God of heaven. For why should there be wrath against the realm of the king and his sons? Why should we delay? Because what comes from delay? Angering God. It's not different when we have children. When children delay, do what, to delay to do what they're supposed to be doing, what happens? We get upset with them, don't we? Well, God does the same thing. They were delaying, and they were, they were going to, uh, no doubt, suffer because of that. But we go back to Haggai, chapter 1, this time picking up in verse 13, we find that the work begins. They were, to, they were stirred up to do the work, verse 13. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, spoke the Lord's message to the people, saying, I am with you, says the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of uh, Shatil, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnants of the people. And they came and worked in the house of the Lord, house of, the Lord of hosts, their God. Verse 15 here says, On the 24th day of the sixth month in the second year of King Darius. It would seem that was 23 days after the Lord spoke to Haggai that the work of the temple began. Back in verse 1. Right? How long? So, 23 days now. No doubt the Lord had shown time for them to get their act together before this, but when He began speaking, it would seem, if my, as we look at that, 23 days had passed until the temple began to be rebuilt. But if we back up here for just a second, also the Lord says, He no doubt is angry with them, but also notice what He says in verse 13 through Haggai I am with you, says the Lord. And what happens? As a result, the Lord stirred up the spirit of these individuals, right? And what happened? The spirit and the spirit of the remnant of the people, and they came and worked on the house of the Lord of on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. They did what needed to be done. The people were stirred up and encouraged, and no doubt began to work very diligently to rebuild the temple of God. But it took them being called out by God, didn't it? You know, we think about that phrase, consider your ways, as we saw back in verse 5. 
We saw it back in verse 7. We too today have to consider our ways as well. We don't want to wait until it's too late to change our actions and to change the way that we are living. As we think about some lessons for us this evening, we want to first consider how when God is not first, he is last. Some may say, well, that's a little extreme, but I don't think it is in the eyes of God because if he's not first, he's not happy. And rightfully so, right? If he is not first, he might as well be the most least important thing in our life. God was not a priority to these people. He was not a priority, was he? You go back and look in chapter 1, what happened? They're worried about the food, they're worried about the clothing. And we find that same concept being discussed in Matthew 6, as we mentioned before. God was not a priority to these people. And God's response was powerful, wasn't it? We saw again back in verses 9 and 11 that what happened, everything blew away, right? Everything they had, just they couldn't seem to hang on to it. Why? Because they had forgotten God. He called for a drought on everything, including, he says there in verse 11, even on all the labor of their hands, which means whatever they try to do with their hands physically, nothing worked. They were still in need. And the reason being is they had forgotten God. When we forget God, all our works deserve to fail, and we do deserve to suffer for forgetting God. We think about these individuals and what happened to them, how when they delayed to rebuild the temple, they suffered. What would happen, think for just a second, if for one day, if for 24 hours, God forgot about mankind? For just 24 hours, what would happen? People would die, wouldn't they? We think the world's bad now. I can you imagine just 24 hours without God answering the prayers of the saints, without God being in control of everything, despite what everyone else may, may think. 24 hours without God would be complete chaos. And these individuals had put God in a back burner for a good period of time. They had houses. They had farms now, right? They had vineyards. They had all these things, yet the temple still laid there in ruins, and they had forgotten about God. If God had done the same to them, that's when people died. So when we start thinking about, uh, when we start realizing we have forgotten about God, it would do good for us to think about what would happen if God had forgotten about us. The repentant Christian must rebuild. Just as those here in the time of Haggai had to rebuild the temple, as they were supposed to do, as they should have been doing, we too, when we fall short, must rebuild. We must rebuild by repenting of sins and dedicating ourselves to serve God faithfully. That's how we rebuild. You know, sometimes you think about with homes, when things get older, they rot, they deteriorate. What we do, we have to tear it out. We have to replace it. We have to rebuild that, right? Same thing with us as a Christian. When we fall short, there are things we have to tear out, root out, and rebuild. We must rebuild, again, by repenting of sins and dedicating ourselves to serve God faithfully. We will not be sinlessly perfect, but we can be blameless by correcting ourselves when we do fail. The people's repentance required them to begin rebuilding the temple. It was a requirement. They couldn't say they repented if they didn't rebuild the temple. 
their actions showed that they were truly repented of their repenting of their sins. They stopped everything else and began to rebuild. Repentance will not impact us until we make changes in our lives. We repent for our sins and make changes to prevent them in the future. You know, when someone tears out something on a house that has been rotted or something, many times when they go back to rebuild it or replace it, they put in something to help prevent it. It's maybe a barrier of some type, whatever it may be. They put in a preventative measure to prevent that from happening again. As a Christian, we have to do the same thing. We tear out the sin, we put in that preventative measure, and we rebuild from there. So, so to the very best of our ability, that never happens again. This is how we rebuild in our spiritual lives. We tear out and we rebuild when we repent. As we close this evening, we can never allow ourselves to be so absorbed by this world that God is no longer the most important part of our lives. We have seen throughout the Bible what happens when people, and Haggai's time included, when they forget about God. Haggai's, people in Haggai's time literally were going without food, going without clothing. They had food and clothing, but it wasn't enough, right? The food wasn't enough, the drink wasn't enough, the clothing wasn't enough. The money seemed to just to disappear because they did not have God in the forefront of their lives. Rest assured, God knows his position with us before anyone else knows it. We may not think anyone knows how we are treating God in our lives, but rest assured, God knows before anyone else. When we walk away from God or when we put God in the back burner, he's the first one who knows it. So let us be those who keep God in the proper place, in the front of our lives. We think about the situation with Haggai. Could that situation, could that have been prevented? Could they have prevented God becoming angry with them by rebuilding the temple sooner? Yes. Could they have had food and water and clothing and all those things they needed just because they had obeyed God by rebuilding the temple when they should have? Yes. It was all things that could have been prevented if they had obeyed God. And we think about that today. So much in our life as well can be prevented if we will just put God first. We bring a lot of hardship on ourselves sometimes when we do not put God first. So again, let us be those who keep God in the proper place, and that is in the front of our lives. And when we have not done that, it's time we repent, and it's time that we rebuild that place in our lives for God. This evening, as you think about these things, we can help you encourage in any way. You can come forward now. It's going to be saying, sing the song that's been selected. <laughs>